3: Rev up your automotive care with Amazon. For DIY projects and regular vehicle maintenance, Amazon Automotive makes finding the right parts for your car easy. You can use your garage to easily view, manage, and use the Automotive Parts Finder to find parts for your saved vehicles. Just add your vehicle's details to your Amazon garage. Then shop with confidence using Amazon's Part Finder to explore compatible parts and accessories and receive customized recommendations. Get started today at Amazon.com.
4: What time tomorrow are you going to tell me who's pitching? Now listen, who is
0: not pitching? I'll break your
5: arm, you see? Ron and Anian. Auto repair is a lot like baseball. You've got to learn when you have to swing the bat and go for the home run. And learn when you've got to, you know, take the short deal and try and solve the problem in a different manner than you might normally would. The Car Doctor. Does your scan tool read data stream, Eric? No, it doesn't. It's kind of a generic one. Here's a good reason to go buy a better scan tool. Go buy a scan tool that reads fuel trim. You know, you've got to see where we're at. What's the number?
2: Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls
5: at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Tom asked me as we were getting ready to do the show today, how was your week? And I, you know, I thought about it. I said, how was my week? The week, it was a struggle. I can tell it's a full moon because it just... I don't know, there's something different about the energy of the day that just, you can tell we're like getting over this apex and then it'll be over the other side and expect this next week to get a little easier. Or so I thought. I had an 07 GMC envoy this week that another shop had been working on for a while and, uh, you know, they had thrown a bunch of parts at it and they weren't getting anywhere and, you know, they called me up, put me in coach, as the expression is, and, um, you know, I'll do what I do. And the problem with this vehicle was that it would shut off. You'd be driving along and it would shut off at random. And it it, it seemed to time out, sort of. Every 30 to 45 minutes, it would shut off. And then I noticed it would start to do it at different intervals. Sometimes it did it in 20 minutes. Sometimes it took two hours. It was just this oddball, intermittent, my car's dead thing. And it wouldn't restart. So I you know I, I did my due diligence and if one thing I've learned over the course of the years is a diagnostic routine just pays dividends it really does. You've got to do the same thing every time if you want to fix the car as quickly and efficiently as possible because you can fix it but how efficiently so I, I ran through codes, and it, it spit out somewhere, I lost count, I don't know, 16, 17 different fault codes. And Naturally, you say to yourself, well, what did the last shop create and induce? What did they put into the system that's not really supposed to be there? So I wrote down all the information. I stored it. I printed it. And, and boy, you know that Opus IVS scan tool we've been working with again. Here we go. Uh, you know, it just does the job at, at each and every time stored everything it gave me the ability to look at freeze frame it gave me the ability to look at history it gave me the ability to look at codes that the other shop might have cleared before they even brought it to me crazy this tool is like off the chart and narrowed it down after reviewing everything to fault in the powertrain control relay relay number 60 Powertrain control relay controls the O2 sensors, the fuel injectors, the ignition coils, the throttle body. Uh, you know, if it's connected to the car to make it run, it's connected to powertrain control relay number 60, hence the name powertrain relay, right? right? Gee, where do you think they got that from? And the fault codes it was setting were direct, directly related to a difference in voltage that the PCM was seeing, the powertrain control module was seeing. They they feed the powertrain control module two ways. They feed it directly off the ignition switch or they feed it via the powertrain control relay from the ignition switch. And if it sees a difference in voltage, it says, wait, there's a problem somewhere and it sets a fault code. At least it tells you which leg to go down and diagnose. And, you know, I started monitoring or testing keeping an eye on the powertrain control relay. There's four wires. There's a main hot coming in from the fuse. There's a hot going out once the relay switches. There's the relay input from the ignition switch. And then there's ground. The ground is applied and controlled from the main engine, from the powertrain control module. Yellow wire, I can remember this. Y'all remember this one for a while. It was the yellow wire pin 40 C1 connector, blue bottom of the PCM down on the right. I went to the yellow wire coming out of D40 um, at the PCM. I correct myself if I said that wrong. And the vehicle shut off. When the vehicle shut off, I had ground control being applied by the PCM, but I had nothing at the relay. Hmm. I found the other end of that yellow wire, which was about 18 inches away, dug up the fuse box, which, boy, I could have a conversation about how GM assembles fuse boxes. Like, this this company's just... You know, it's easy if you if you start to think like the vehicle's on an assembly line, you can really take things apart and put them together quickly because they just there's no consideration for um, neatness in a sense. You got to live it to understand it. But I went to the yellow connector on the bottom of the fuse box D1 and monitored that. Ran the vehicle until it stalled. Vehicle stalled. I had power on that, or I'm sorry, I had ground control on the yellow feed from the PCM. The relay was off. I tested at the relay. The relay had no ground control. That means my problem has to be in the fuse box. I said, let me prove this. I took a jumper lead. I went from the ground control signal line where I was tapped in under the fuse box right to the relay. Car started and ran every time, and it ran all day long. So I let the car cool down one more time because I just wanted to try something. And I like doing this because it makes Danny crazy, my mechanic. I let it cool down about an hour later, and... I got out my little two-ounce ball-peen hammer. I said, hey, you want to see something neat? He says, what's that? I said, I know what's wrong with this car. He goes, really? He goes, that was quick. I said, well, I said, you know, it took some time, but I know what's wrong with this car. I says, it's a bad fuse box. He says, how can you prove it? The car was running. I took the two-ounce ball-peen. I tapped it right where the connector is. <laughs> the car shut off. <laughs> it's nice screwing around with the kids, right? You make They, they think you're better than you actually are. But um, put a fuse box in it. And this is the part that I think is really of interest. This is the reason I tell you these stories, not to tell you that, yeah, I can fix cars. That's, you know, I better be able to fix cars because I can't sing and dance. And I took that fuse box apart. And I'm going to post this video up on, I don't know, I'll put it somewhere. I'll start with the Car Doctor Facebook page. And then if I can figure out how, I'll get a young person to help me. I'll put it over on the website. But it's how General Motors built this fuse box back in 07. They ran strips of copper through a plastic fuse box with little pins and they would bend the pins to get it over there like a road map from one terminal to the other, what they were trying to do. And as the copper strip or lug, as I call it, came around on a sharp bend over time and heat and stress, it cracked. And that car would just shut off. That car would just stop working and i actually i took the fuse box apart i i drilled down and took the spot where nobody could get to it where general motors doesn't want you to see and you know, i took out the magnifying glass and i found the crack in the copper lug because i knew it had to be in there somewhere it just doesn't die like that for any reason and i kind of felt good about that but what really bugged me is is this a sign of the times of how they're going to start to build electric cars because all i could think about now is electric cars because we've become so accepting of it. Like, hey, it's going to happen. And I keep thinking, you've got to question them, all right? Just like we question everything else, we've got to question how are they going to cause this to evolve and how are they going to create this electric car? And I'm thinking, if these guys create fuse boxes with copper lugs that are stressed out over time because copper, as it ages, gets brittle and it has issues conducting all that heat and electricity over time, What's that going to do the electric car business? I just, but in any event, I fixed another car. No mystery. And and what really got me started on this was Tom saying, how was your week? And I said, well, it was a hard week, but next week will be easy. And then I stopped in at the shop this morning to get the mail. And there was a message from a customer. He's got a Chevy pickup truck that when you turn on the cruise control, the car shuts off. When you put it in reverse, the car shuts off. (sighs) When you turn the wheel, the power steering dies. It's electric power steering. All sorts of lights are going off on the dashboard, so I guess Monday I'll just be working on another story to tell you next Saturday, and that's, um, I just wanted one week off. I really did, but I guess I don't get it. That's my gig. That's what I do. Ron and Amy, The Car Doctor, here at your service at 855-560-9900. Let's pull over and take a pause. I've got a bunch of electric car stories to read you today. The research team is hard at work, and again, just citing the facts from different sources, and uh, just ask you to consider it and think about it. And you know, it's it's not a question of, of of when; it's a question of if. Or is it if and when? I'm not sure. I just I'm just concerned that we're becoming so accepting because everybody's all. Everybody tells me is, "Hey, Ron, don't worry; technology is going to fix this." Yeah, technology hasn't fixed a lot of things yet, so I think we're counting on a lot to happen. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. The car doctor's coming back right after this. Don't go away.
1: Rev up your automotive care with Amazon. For DIY projects and regular vehicle maintenance,
3: Amazon Automotive makes finding the right parts for your car easy. You can use your garage to easily view, manage, and use the Automotive Parts Finder to find parts for your saved vehicles. Just add your vehicle's details to your Amazon garage. Then shop with confidence using Amazon's Part Finder to explore compatible parts and accessories and receive customized recommendations. Get started today at Amazon.com. For the best in car
5: advice, give Ron a call, 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. You know, first I have to comment, Tom, it, you, you're wearing a t-shirt I can see in the video here that says hot. Oh, it says hot 107. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that you weren't being self uh, self-serving there. So that's okay. Um, I'm always being self-serving. Come oh, on, I understand that. Um, you who know you, I'm hot. Who do, you, who do you got for me first? Uh,
3: th- th- this is a friend of mine. His name is Kirk. Oh, you can tell him what BMW stands for.
5: Well, I, I was going to tell him what it means to be Tom Ray's friend, Kirk. I, I you have my sympathy. Do you know Tom Long? <laughs>
6: I've known Tom for a long time. Uh, yeah.
5: brother, we're going to yeah. we're going to do you twice as good as everybody else today. If that's possible, then you've <laughs> earned it. <So. laughs> Tom wants me to tell you what BMW and, and, stands for. Do you know what BMW stands for?
6: I don't know what's about to come out of your mouth, but I can almost guess. And it, whatever it is, it won't shock me because I'm not entirely a happy customer. Well,
5: well, Go ahead. well, well, BMW stands for a variety of things. The most common is Bavarian Money Waster. So, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you know. Right. In in in, in, in non politically correct terms, we it's also been referred to as bring more wampum, um, but I don't think we're allowed to say that. You know, we're probably going to upset somebody if we do. So, um, but anyway, um, what's going on here? How can I help you?
6: Hey, so I've got this 2006 BMW. It's the X5, and it's the uh, the E53 uh, you know body style. That, that when I do a search to try to fix it, you know, that's uh, that seems to narrow it down pretty well. Right, and. Uh, uh, so a couple of years ago, I started getting uh, uh, you know the check engine light coming on, and it was telling me it was a P fourteen nineteen error code, and it said that's the uh, secondary secondary error air mass pump
5: system. mass sensor.
6: Yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you know the first things I looked it up. First things online say, well, you need to you need to clean or replace the uh, the little wires that uh, that apparently they run some electricity through uh, to detect. Um, you know, how much air is flowing across them. And so I, I got the special spray, cleaned the wires. Eh, that didn't help. I replaced the that sensor unit, which is at the end of an air hose. You know, there's a little air filter on there about the size of a can of peas. And, uh, and the, the wires inside. We Re- replaced all that, about 65 70 bucks, 70 And, you know, that, that squelched the error for a while. Uh, but one thing I always noticed is when I would first start the car up, uh, there was this terrible whine noise from the engine compartment. And then it would stop after about 90 seconds, maybe. And I kind of figured that must be that secondary air pump. It's pumping extra air into the crankcase, probably some EPA requirement. I'm sure you know about that. And then I don't know when it stopped, but at some point I just realized, you know, I never hear that noise anymore.
5: So now it's. Broken. But I'm still
6: getting the p P4- 14
5: Right. Now you're, yeah, i still yeah. getting the 1419. <laughs> So, um, so the
6: fourteen nineteen, and w- what kind of surprised me, Doc, is that I I've got one of those code readers, and I can clear the error, right? And and if I clear it after the morning drive, uh, it doesn't appear uh, again that day, typically, because the engine's already warm. Uh, right. Maybe I don't know. I, I took it to the emissions place. I cleared the air, uh, but their scanner still said, oh, "No, you've got you've got problems in there. You need to fix, even though the air is cleared." Uh, nope, you got other errors in there. Uh, that all had down, and they had to do with the same issue—the same secondary uh, air pump. Uh-huh. So I ordered a, a secondary air pump that comes in next week. Is that likely my problem, or could it be something else controlling
2: it, or what?
5: It's Tom's fault. No. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about how does a computer know or test a component depending upon what it's trying to do? How do you think that? How do you think the computer knows? The secondary air pump is working.
6: Well, and and that's just it. I I don't get any error code regarding the secondary air pump. The error code that I always got, the 1419 code, regarded the sensor. Right. And, you know, the, the the computer could measure the amount of, let's say, electrical current that the motor was drawing if they wanted to. And if it wasn't drawing any current or drawing too much current, then they could say, hey, there's something wrong with your pump. But I don't get an error code that says that. At least my code reader doesn't say anything about that. Maybe a better one would.
5: So back in the day when air pumps were simpler, we would we would cycle the air pump on with a scan tool, regardless of manufacturer. I mean, an air pump, the concept isn't exclusively BMW, although you would think by the prices they charge, they invented it. And yeah. y- you would turn the air pump on with a scan tool, and you would look at, most cars an oxygen sensor to see where its voltage reading went if it went low it was lean meaning that it was seeing extra oxygen being created by that secondary air pump and there would be a minimum number that it had a hit in order to keep the system happy telling the computer that hey i saw this voltage the you know i, I saw it go down to one tenth of a volt with the air pump on the computer's happy the air pump's got volume the passageways are clear and everything's working BMW because they have to do it a better way. <clears throat> um, they created a sensor. They've got a sensor in there, but there's still passageways in the head that are involved in this, and there's still tubing, and there's still you know they're still looking for volume of air. They don't measure. They don't measure electrical draw out of the pump. They don't have that ability. They look at the reaction of that secondary air sensor. So, the factory way and the best way to really test this system is still turn the pump on with a scan tool, but you've got to have something factory level with bi-directional control, meaning you push the button, the pump turns on, and then you want to look at the secondary mass airflow sensor. There's a red-white wire. I believe it's pin two. All right. Key on, engine off. All right. Um, You want to look to see where that voltage goes. Um, you know, you also want to look to see. I'm sorry. um uh, Pin two is a red, white, key on engine. Oil, should have five volts. Pin one is brown. That'll be ground. I'm just trying to remember my notes. And then you're going to look at the air pump with the scan tool. You can turn the scan tool on right. And pin three, I forget the color of the wire, should be three volts or greater. Now, if if you don't have any of that, that's step one's problem. And the reason we want to do this with a scan tool instead of just trying to figure out how to turn the pump on because we also want to know, do the wires to the secondary air pump work? Does the computer have the ability to control it? You know, there's yep. there's a hundred yep. ways to hopscotch this. We're just trying to get you to the root cause of the problem in 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 the end. Um, if the voltage didn't go high enough, you would take the tubing off. There's a one-way valve on the cylinder head, and mm, yeah. y- you want to look and make sure, you know, when you turn the pump on – does air blow into free air? If if, right. the, if the voltage on pin three now goes up where it didn't before, that means there's a restriction in the cylinder head. That really could be the issue. That could be what you've got as far as a fault is concerned. Um, so your secondary air pump, the first thing you got to decide, is it working? And then the second thing is you've got to start to look at those passageways because I think it's going to be easier for you to do that than look at... Uh, um, you know, going out to get another scan tool. Try those things, Kurt. Call me back. I'm glad to send you more information, and uh, I appreciate you being there. I'm running ain't in the car, doctor. We're back right after this.
3: Rev up your automotive care with Amazon. For DIY projects and regular vehicle maintenance, Amazon Automotive makes finding the right parts for your car easy. You can use your garage to easily view, manage, and use the Automotive Parts Finder to find parts for your saved vehicles. Just add your vehicle's details to your Amazon garage. Then, shop with confidence using Amazon's Part Finder to explore compatible parts and accessories and receive customized recommendations. Get started today at Amazon.com.
5: You know, you always make me want to go. I love that song. That's, I just, I'm a disco guy, Tom. What can I tell you? Um,
3: And the sad thing is... We have a video link now, and I can watch you dancing around the studios. Right. Well, that's the bad there are part. There's some things that can't be
5: unseen. Right. Well, at least I kept my clothes yeah. on this week. Um, real oh, quick, be- b- before we go to, before we go to Ernie and Lake George, I just want to ask you this question, serious. Uh, ben from Australia wrote me a note on Facebook, and he tried calling into the show. We have listeners in Australia, Tom. Um, oh, and he's tried great. he's tried calling in to the show on the 855-560-9900 number, and it won't let him. Is there something special huh. he has to do? I thought we talk about it up here on air. Um he or he
3: might have to dial uh, the the international US code which is 01.
5: Okay. okay. All right, can well, try that because it should work from anywhere. Right, because we've had calls from Australia, we've had calls from England. Yep. Yep, um, we've had calls well, we've had calls from the Middle East, we've had calls right. from
6: Canada, we've had calls from everywhere.
5: So, I know it's worked, so maybe I'll well, he's going to hear this. That's why I did this on air um and maybe he'll uh, maybe that'll help him and do it too so uh, we'll start fixing more australian cars um there's a lot i could you say about know. that yeah you never know but um anyway let's hop along you get that kangaroo hop australia Segway, like a lead balloon let's go over and talk to ernie and lake george ernie how can i help you running yep. at your service yes sir
4: Ron, how are you doing? Good, hey, sir. my Uncle Don, who's a faithful listener, um, asked me to call you. He says, you're my last best hope.
5: Okay, sure.
4: Uh, I got an older Jeep, a 2000 um, Grand Cherokee with a straight six.
5: Four liter straight it's six. Got
4: a, right. Yep. It's only got about 150,000 miles. Yeah, it's uh, not a lot for those. I've main, Yeah, well, is it could be. I, I've maintained it very well. Um, but the issue I got is it's been leaking oil since 70,000. Okay uh i brought it to it looked like it was a rear main seal and i brought it to my uh local garage and the guy looked at it and he says yeah it's rear main seal and he uh dropped the pan he changed the seal and a week later the thing is still leaking so i went back to him he actually gave me my money back i told him to keep the the part part money and and i gave through him a little bit but he wanted to give me my money back i went to a dealer because i figured well, if the local guy can't fix it, I'll go to the Jeep dealer, and they they got to be able to fix it. So I brought it to a Jeep dealer in Connecticut. The first time the guy did it, I brought it back a week later. It was still leaking. The uh, re, repl- second time I brought it, he replaced it again. And the mechanic told me to my face, he says, well, it's a 20, 21-year-old truck. He says it's, it's going to leak. So that was... That's kind of ridiculous in my, in my opinion. Um, the way it leaks is if I drive on a highway for any kind of extended period of time, I get to a light or I get home off of the highway, and it, it must splash around the, the bell housing or whatever because it seems to drip out at that point. I, it leaves a mess in my driveway every time. Uh, it doesn't consume a lot of oil. I mean, I just drove to Lake George from Connecticut, and I'll do the round trip, and I probably won't go through not even an eighth or a quarter of oil. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't burn oil. You know, it it does leak it, and it's a nuisance. Right. Now the mechanic telling me that it, it's going to leak. He actually said it might be from the, um, an oil, oil galley plug on the back of the block.
5: Could be. Sure.
4: Okay. If that's, if that's something can i get a scope and check that out i'm surprised he didn't have a scope and he couldn't look
5: at that you might be able to see something in any of this diagnosis or repair attempt has anybody added a dye to the oil
4: yeah he did yeah okay
5: so if they've added a dye to the oil let's you know we should be able to look up there with a bore scope or you know in extreme cases hey if we have to pull the trans let's pull the trans yeah uh, you yeah, know right. why not, yeah, and and then we'll see the yeah. splatter marks. Because nothing nothing yeah. is more frustrating than oil leaks. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. in, in my yeah, mind, right. it's it's.
4: Oh, I'm getting my driveway done this fall, so I've actually ordered a new canyon because I'm I'm pretty much done with this. I'm either going to have to park it in somebody's dirt driveway or on the grass. Right, I mean, I, right.
5: You know. It... Now, yeah, okay. One thing I want to comment on: if you do pull the trans and you find out it's not a galley plug. And it's still the rear main seal leaking. One thing I would ask is when they do the rear main, that should be a two-piece split rear main seal. Do you yeah, recall? Did he did he show yep. it to you at all?
4: No, he didn't show it to me. But I I bring it to the dealer. I gotta. I'm uh, it's my assumption that's what he used. Okay, and I would say right. And that's what you can use. A pretty good mechanic too. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure.
5: No, I'm sure. I just you know I just want to mention because I don't like to leave any stone unturned. But you know what I'll do when I've when and I've done that job. Dozens of times, I will offset the seal. Yeah, so I, I, I won't I won't put it flush to the bottom of the crank or the top of the cap. I'll offset it a little bit. Yeah, you rotate it. So right. that I the, understand. The, yeah, yeah, the parting line and I'll put a little just the tiniest little dab of RTV. I don't want it to get on the crank journal, yep. but just the tiniest yep. little bit of RTV to fill that gap. And then, you know, yep. the simple the, the the easiest thing to do wrong, and I just want to mention this too, is just make sure they're putting the seal in right. You know, there's a yeah, there's, there's a yeah. forward side to the seal and I've seen guys put it in backwards and then the problem yeah. just gets perpetuated. Hey, it can happen. You know what? We all make mistakes.
4: Yeah, but three uh, times. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know? That's yeah. you know, after yeah, the second
5: that's... time I think I would have pulled the trans at that point and and die checked it. Yeah. I I agree with you though. I don't like the well it's old it's going to leak oil concept. I, yeah. I, You know, unless it's burning oil, unless it's got excessive crankcase pressure, y- yeah. you know, and then there is no PCV valve in that engine. There is an orifice tube. Are you familiar with that?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've already replaced it because okay. it was, uh, you know, it was deteriorated. Right,
5: yeah. right. You know, the second, yep. the second grommet in the valve cover is just a metered orifice. Yep. And, you know, yep. just make sure that's working and doing what it's supposed to do. And to tell you the truth, yep. if crankcase pressure is so great, you're yeah. going to be able to take the oil fill cap and leave it loose, or take it off and run the engine, and that it'll just be pushing smoke and you know crankcase fumes, and it'll it, you'll yeah. you'll know right away. Let me ask you this: yeah. the crankcase yeah. breather tube that goes from the valve cover to the airbox is that filled? Yeah. With, is that filled with oil?
4: Uh, I would say no, because I replaced it probably not long ago either. I mean, I've been through this whole truck, every every single piece of this whole truck, and I have replaced all those those rubber
5: parts. Okay, but my point is, what I'm trying to get to is, if that crankcase tube isn't, you know, as you're running it, excessive crankcase pressure, it's going to go to the weakest, lowest point, it'll push oil down that breather tube. And the air box okay. is actually going to start to have oil in it, and the air the air filter is going to be contaminated. If you're not having that problem, no, then, not. then nope. I don't see how this is, well, it's, you got an old truck. Something's not being yeah. repaired here. Somebody missed something somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you know. So I yeah. I say let's get it to a competent mechanic. Let's look at the die. If they have to, let them pull the trans, and then you'll know exactly what yeah, it is you have to Yeah, being four-wheel fix.
4: drive and whatnot, is that easier to pull a train in than in the engine to look at it? Um. Neither one of them are probably great.
5: Neither one of them are probably a great idea. The the nice thing is, though, if you set it up right and you've got the right jack, you can pull the trans and the transfer case as one piece. Jeep did make an adapter where they bolted the trans jack directly to the transmission. You'd, 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 You'd support the trans, you'd pull the cross member out of the way, you bolted the trans jack right to the cross member or I'm sorry, right yep. to the transmount. You take the transmount yeah. down, and you would bolt the trans jack right to where the transmount bolted. And you'd pull the whole okay. thing down as one unit. Makes life a whole lot yeah. easier. You don't even have to yeah. disconnect the front drive shaft from the transfer case. You'll pull it off the front diff, collapse it forward. You pull the rear drive shaft out, disconnect your linkage. Which, by the way, after 22 years, is probably good and rusty anyway. And that probably needs to all be rebuilt. There's or nothing replaced.
4: rusty under there because all really? the oil it's been getting an oil. Well, that's forever.
5: true too. It's been it's been it's been <laughs> yeah. uh, rust proofed for the past couple of years. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yep. um, and then last but yep. not least, I just want to mention. Sometimes guys miss this. You know, have they verified the oil filter adapter O rings are not leaking?
4: Oh yeah, I've been there myself. Oh okay. Yeah.
5: Yep. All right. Yep.
4: That motor's spotless. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. I, I, the truck is in beautiful condition. If it wasn't for the oil leak, if I could ever fix the oil leak, I think that thing would run forever.
5: Yeah, <laughs> it probably would. Every piece. You know why they got rid yep. of? The, you know why they got rid of the four liter? Don't you?
4: Uh, well, I know they had a problem with the head, but I replaced the head. Yeah,
5: so. they they got rid of them because they did run forever. Um, they were just oh, good really? solid yeah. motors. Yeah. yeah, no new car sales. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they
4: had a bad casting for for a couple of years there for yep. the head, and yeah. uh, I I did get that replaced.
5: Yep. So, yep. all, right, all right. right, let me know. Well. Let me know. If, let me know if you end up fixing it, Ernie. I'm curious. I'm always curious. All right. You take good care. Thank you very much for the call. 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy, The Car Doctor. We are back right after this.
0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact.
2: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City
3: Rev up your automotive care with Amazon. For DIY projects and regular vehicle maintenance, Amazon Automotive makes finding the right parts for your car easy. You can use your garage to easily view, manage, and use the Automotive Parts Finder to find parts for your saved vehicles. Just add your vehicle's details to your Amazon garage. Then, shop with confidence using Amazon's Part Finder to explore compatible parts and accessories and receive customized recommendations. Get started today at Amazon.com.
5: Welcome back. Let's get over and talk to Jack in Wisconsin. Jack, Ron and Annie in the car doctor at your service, sir. How can I help?
7: Hey, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Yeah, I've got a, a 69 Jaguar E-Type. Okay. And it starts it looks great, runs great for about 20 minutes and then it starts to misfire <clears throat> and then it uh, just dies and you can't restart it. And you got to let it sit for about a half an hour till it cools down and it'll start up again and run.
5: Okay, when it when it doesn't start when it goes into that no start condition, what what sort of testing have you done? What is it missing, do you know? Is it missing fuel, <laughs> is it missing spark?
7: Uh it's usually out on the highway somewhere, and I open it up, and you look at the, uh, it's got clear fuel lines going to the two uh, Zena-Stromberg carburetors, and the, the fuel looks like there's fuel in there, and uh, I spent, uh, I hate to tell you, I, I had the carburetors tuned up,
5: and it only cost me $1,000. Only. So, so let me ask you this, you know, and I'm trying to remember what '69 looked like, but I don't care. A car is a car, old or new. Um, you got access to the secondary ignition <laughs> cables? Can you pull a spark plug wire off if you had to?
7: They're right up on top. Right. Yeah. It's, it's okay. a Hemi. It's a
5: six-cylinder. Yeah. Yeah. Hemi. Okay. Now, yeah, it's coming back. I think number one is located next to the firewall on this car. Um, it's backwards. Yeah. Um yeah. So, what if you had a spark tester? Would you have the ability to put a spark tester on a wire and crank it over and see if you're missing spark or not?
7: Yeah, that'd be a good idea. That'd be something to try.
5: Right. Do you have have an O'Reilly Auto Parts near you? Oh, yeah. Go down there and tell them you're looking for an ignition spark tester. And what you're looking for, it's pretty cheap and simple. Uh, It's basically going to be something that either looks like a spark plug with an alligator clip attached to it,
7: is this the one you plug onto the spark plug and you plug the ignition wire on and you can look inside and see the spark?
5: No, because you can't do that probably because the the it's down in the well, right? No, the, it's right up on top. Oh, if you can do that, if you can get one of those on there, then do that. I was going to tell you to just get something that gives you the ability to, you know, just test spark. So, you know, either a spark plug, either a spark tester where it's got an alligator clip on it, you connect one to ground and one to the wire... Or they make an adjustable one. There's an adjustable one out there from various tool manufacturers. Tell them, ask them, can they get you the one? It's it's probably three inches long by about uh, three-eighths of an inch wide. It's black. It's plastic. And it's got increments marked on it, you know, 10,000 volts, 20,000 volts, and so on. With a thumb wheel, a thumb knob that you turn to open the gap, and you would hook one side to the spark plug wire, one side to the ground, and then you've got a rough idea of you know how strong is the ignition system. Bottom line, it's so it's.
7: Let it, me let me tell you one other thing, Ron. Go ahead. Uh, I got so frustrated. Well, the other thing is I can't find any mechanics around here that can work on a '69. And uh, the last time I took it in, the car wouldn't start, and they kept it for a couple of days, and I ended up towing it home and what had happened was they put in a new set of points and they, they grounded the the wire and so I wasn't get the coil it wasn't collapsing, the field wasn't collapsing. Right. So I gave up I gave up on that and I replaced the whole distributor with a uh Pertronics, I think it's called an electronic distributor. Okay. And so it doesn't have points anymore. It's got electronic ignition But I hadn't checked uh, if there had spark. I just assumed that there was something. You
5: know, assume is a dangerous word. Do this, do this, (laughs) Jack. All right, go look. Get a spark tester. Let's just find out for sure. Is it spark or is it not? Then buy yourself a voltmeter. Go to the ignition coil. When it doesn't start, do you have 12 volts at the coil, or do you have 8 volts? If there's a ballast resistor involved, all right. And then you know, check it when it's good. And then what do you have when it's dead? If you don't have power to the coil, then I'm going to start to think about an ignition switch or a wiring problem leading back to the switch between the coil and it. Some basics, man. I don't care if it's a Jaguar a Ferrari or a rocket ship. It still needs basics to operate. Do those things, call me back, and don't forget O'Reilly Auto Parts. Ron and Amy the car, doctor. I'll be back right after this.
0: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.
6: Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness.
0: He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
2: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other.
3: Rev up your automotive care with Amazon. For DIY projects and regular vehicle maintenance, Amazon Automotive makes finding the right parts for your car easy. You can use your garage to easily view, manage, and use the Automotive Parts Finder to find parts for your saved vehicles. Just add your vehicle's details to your Amazon garage. Then shop with confidence using Amazon's Part Finder to explore compatible parts and accessories and receive customized recommendations. Get started today at Amazon.com.
5: Welcome back. Ron Nain, the car doctor. Real quick before we go. So, I'm noticing a new trend in in oil changes. I call it the the pandemic oil change. Um, It seems that a lot of you are going really longer. And um, I I mean, some of the oil changes this week at the shop were crazy. We had a 2012 Chrysler 200 that hadn't had the oil changed in two years. And in that two-year time period, and she said to me as a result of the pandemic, the car had gone a total of 6,800 miles. So it went long on time, it went long on mileage, and it ended up on my doorstep with about 60,000 miles on it. And, you know, you can tell, you can, you know, I'm one of those mechanics that believes you can tell by looking at oil that something's up. And surely in this case, the oil that came out of this, I mean, it was, it was dead dog tired, but it it also had a lot of the goo, the yellow sludge had built up in it because it was all short trips. She, you know, went from home to, to the, to the corner market and then to church and wherever she was going. She just, the engine never really got up to temperature. So we did the oil change, which, and I explained to her and I'm explaining to you that I think it's important that you get back on schedule because the pandemic, you know, did enough damage. We don't want to have any other issues. But also consider, as I did in her case, is we did an additive. We did a can of Liqui Moly hydraulic lifter additive. Um, because it has the ability to clean out sludge and reactivate things and get rid of varnish. And, you know, it's a conditioner for the crankcase for the engine. So if you're going long, think about some of those things. You can find more information at liquid Till Till the next time, I'm Ron Ananey and The Car Doctor, reminding you, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.
3: Rev up your automotive care with Amazon. For DIY projects and regular vehicle maintenance, Amazon Automotive makes finding the right parts for your car easy. You can use your garage to easily view, manage, and use the Automotive Parts Finder to find parts for your saved vehicles. Just add your vehicle's details to your Amazon garage. Then shop with confidence using Amazon's Part Finder to explore compatible parts and accessories and receive customized recommendations. Get started today at Amazon.com.
6: a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app.